My mother said when I told her I was moving to New York, she said, Nia, if you were born in New York, you're just going home. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I was born in Cork, so that wasn't quite true. Nia Bushnell is Dublin's new commissioner for startups. She's a bundle of energy, a serial entrepreneur, focused and a great role model for young women in business and in the tech sector in particular. I think one of the things I love most about being an entrepreneur is that, you know, you don't even know what you're capable of until you try it. You don't even know what you're going to do when your back is to the wall until your back is to the wall. You don't even know what talents you have until you're kind of forced to pull them all out of the hat and do stuff with them. Neve loves people, selling, being convincing and persuasive, and she's really good at networking. She's one of the most determined people you could meet. Setting goals and targets, she says, is important, but they only work if you execute them. Thinking and just, you know, researching and um, preparing, all of that is very important. But when it's time to jump, make a decision and just do it. And you know what? Don't look back. Neve is literally at the centre of Dublin's economic life force and has an amazing office that looks out over the River Liffey. So the background chorus you'll hear now and again on the podcast are just the seagulls and a few boats passing by. What does the Startup Commissioner for Dublin do? Actually, it's a new role that is supported by Dublin City Council, the Chamber, uh, Enterprise Ireland and the multinational sector here in Dublin. And the role of the Dublin Commissioner for Startups is to promote Dublin as a great startup hub globally and to connect the community here in Dublin more purposefully so that we can have a stronger bigger thinking, more innovative collective community here. The role has come out of uh, this head of steam that's been building over the last couple of years in Dublin. From my own perspective, it started back in 2011 when I was coming home from the States every now and then. And really back in 2011, I noticed the first um, kind of more than more than a few green shoots when it came to startups being in Dublin and realized there was a real um, momentum gathering here. So it's been quite a number of years. So the role uh, which started in October of 2014 is really to kind of take advantage and capitalize on all of that activity, all of those great people, that great strong ecosystem that's building and, and, and help it to grow, shine a light on it so that we can celebrate it more internationally and, uh, and, and do some new things that are part of it that will make it grow and accelerate faster as well. There seems to be a great buzz around the city, particularly around you know Grand Canal Dock, and you know all the big names are here. It's it's magic. What, why do you think they come here in the first place? Well, I think tax is certainly a reason why they come to Ireland. Um, they're copycats as well. They like to be where the winners are, and certainly all the winners are here. So I think that's another big reason. Uh, obviously, the educated population, you know, English-speaking Eurozone country, uh, and we're a real can-do, entrepreneurial, uh, get-up-and-go type people. I think we have that in our culture. And I think that attracts people here if for loads of reasons, and then they, they may come for one reason and stay because they love it and, and, and build companies here. Uh, I think American multinationals in particular like Dublin because of the cultural uh, connections that we have, the business connections that go back a long, long way. Obviously, the Irish-American uh, diaspora piece is very big. Uh, and I think, you know, they, they see opportunities to build their businesses for Europe and for EMEA from here and many others have done it before them and they're just they're they're joining that successful trend you know I often wonder about that um, you know that the claim that we have a highly educated population are not all 
you know, societies as educated as ours. I mean, when you look at the States or England, they have pretty highly educated populations too. Um, is it true that we're very highly educated? Well, uh, luckily they do, and we want to uh, attract as many of those people from other countries to Dublin too. That's another reason why the startups or why the multinationals at least are here, because Dublin is very attractive. It's got a very good lifestyle. It's a very good city to live in. So you have young people and older people from all over the world coming to Dublin to live and, and to work. Um, so yeah, absolutely, you have education people everywhere I think our population is relatively young and again I think culturally we like business and we're good at it and we work hard and we speak English and many other languages so it's all of those things put together that kind of add up to that word education sometimes. Who is Neve and where have you come from what have you been doing before you came back to Dublin? So before I came back to Dublin, which was in late August 2014, I had been in the States for 16 years. Um, Before that, actually, I had set up a company here in Dublin in 1996, which is still going strong, a market research company. Um, And, uh, you know, before that, I'd worked in multinationals here in Dublin. Um, So, you know, I'm a a tech business person who kind of uh, saw a job in New York on the Irish Times one day uh, with Enterprise. Ireland pointed to it and said I'm going to get that job and literally never looked back so I went to to New York worked for EI for six years um, until early 2004 and then I joined Orbiscom an Irish tech company uh, in the payment space a very innovative company that was bought by MasterCard in 2009 and uh, after that I decided to do consulting so I set up a consulting business and was quite successful working with European and Irish tech companies coming into New York coming into the East Coast and from there I kind of caught the startup bug and, and started investing in startups initially and then from there it was just a question of time before I decided to throw my hat into the ring, uh, close down my consulting business and become a startup entrepreneur myself. So I did two startups, um, the second of which is still going strong here and in New York. We have clients on both sides um, and obviously been run by a new CEO. So, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been in tech, uh, always been interested in business, always loved selling. Um, always been interested in figuring things out and making things better and uh, and I think that's kind of what's what's driven me and, and connecting connecting with people I think that's always been a big part of it and always been kind of out there I it's funny I, I made the mistake for very briefly in my career um, to go into a, a, a pure marketing role with a tech company and realized after a couple of weeks that I was kind of all of a sudden you know behind the scenes building collateral and and um, interesting stuff but I had lost my connection with clients connection with the outside world on a daily basis and you know quickly moved from there back out to uh, to meeting and greeting and selling and persuading and convincing and listening and all of that good stuff that I enjoy doing. So you must have some key skills as well as being bloody determined. I mean, when you say I saw that nice of that jobs for me, were you always that determined and where did that come from? Yes, I was. <laughs> My mother said when I told her I was moving to New York, she said, Nia, you were born in New York, you're just going home. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I was born in Cork, so that wasn't quite true. Uh, yeah, no, I've always had that. But I'm the f- New York state of mind. Though. Completely, completely. Yeah, I'm the fourth of four kids and um, I had to, you know, my uncle always says, you know, Neve was beaten up terribly by her brothers. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so you know, they used, they were always you know, they were always stealing my food or sitting on top of me or throwing me off a horse. We used to go horse riding, and they used to always make my horse throw me off. Uh, so, you know, I had a rough upbringing. You know, 
but you survived <laughs> it and you thrived yeah. on it. And you Absolutely. So what would you say your own uh, authentic leadership style? You know, what side of leadership do you display yourself? Oh, God, flexible, flexible. I, I, I haven't come up with a leadership style and I'm very much an experiential type person. Um, I don't know what I want to do or how I want things to be until I'm doing them. And it's all an evolution from there. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I have some ideas, I have some concepts, I have some some stimuli that prompt me to, to explore further. But I don't have fixed ideas in my head about what I want to, what I want things to look like, or how I want things to work, how I want to execute something. So uh, it's really for me, uh, it's it's not just leading from experience, but being very open to to changing and adding new um, resources or ideas or people or angles um, and and yet being of my own mind as well while you take in all of these other influences really kind of having quiet times and, and deciding then what you want to do how you want to move forward so it's flexible but not impulsive but you must have had some goal setting. I mean, you must be focused in that way that, you know, you would set goals and targets and then you go for them. Yeah, I do set goals and targets, but they're very general and very high level. And there's a lot of execution that leadership is really much more about the execution piece for me than it is about the goals. So how you execute and, and what that journey is like and who comes along for the ride and how that becomes um, an experience of, of leadership for everybody involved. Uh, I think that's the story. The goals are anybody can set goals. It's like anybody can have ideas. I think that's the, the less important part of it. Um, you know, one thing I learned when I was actually, I was I, when I started investing in startups in New York, I spent a lot of time kind of um, being a fly on the wall at workshops that the startups would go to because I invested through an accelerator. So it was a very kind of like familial um, environment where, you know, there was a lot of work workshops and classes so I would often sit in on these and learning a lot of course as I went along as well because most of the stuff that they were learning I didn't know either but um, we had uh, the CEO of a company in uh, it's not going to, to come to me now but a very a very well-known New York uh, tech company and one of his big lessons for the startups was allow people to make mistakes allow people to figure things out, allow people to be not as perfect as you are. And that really resonated with me because I am a perfectionist and I am impatient um, and I, I can be intolerant of mistakes of my own first and foremost, but other people's as well. And I think listening to this guy talking about how you have to allow people learn from their mistakes you have to allow people figure things out don't serve them up the answer don't serve them up the mistake don't serve them up the 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 better version uh, allow them to evolve while being a guide and being uh, enthusiastic and and maybe a bit of a nudge every now and then in the right direction but allow people to be imperfect, allow them to go on that journey with you and to figure it out. And I think that's been one of the big challenges and one of the most important lessons I've learned as a, a leader, let's say. 
That's an incredible learning space, right? I think it's particularly pr- appropriate for women. I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but I always think we like to be perfect. And yeah. We like to be good girls. <laughs> you know, it's like when you're back in school and I think you're a great girl and you just swell with pride, you know? It's, we don't like making mistakes, or particularly when it's pointed out to you. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And I think it's true with kids in particular, and that's what we did here growing up. And now the, the, the child psychologists say, you know, they say, don't, don't say, you know, you're a good girl or you're a good boy, I have a son. It's, you know, you, you worked hard on that. Or, you know, that was a that was good work. In other words, to always kind of point out to them the fact that to get to where they got to, there was a lot of work involved. So, you know, there's a whole kind of new psychology around that congratulation and what it should yeah. sound and look like and feel like, you know. And I think I think it's subtle, but I do think that there that is a big part of it. And I, I absolutely agree with you. We want to be good. We want to be seen as being good. We want to be seen as being open and thoughtful and, and uh, inclusive. And, and you know what? We're not perfect. And we make mistakes every now and then. And sometimes we just have to get things done. So, you know, I think, yeah, it would be it, it would be good. And I think I'm getting there, you know, in not being afraid to be unpopular um, because not you're not going to be loved by everybody all the time or even half the time and just get over it. And, you know, actually, Catherine Kyo in all texts says it's more important to be respected. Yeah. Than to be liked. You don't have to be liked, but you do have to be respected in a job. Yeah, I agree. Um, is there a need for more women in startup? Are women a little bit reluctant, a little risk averse? They're definitely risk averse. I mean, there's there's in Ireland, in Dublin, there's a need for more startups across the board. There's more more need for for senior entrepreneurs. You know, there's more there's a need for more student entrepreneurs. There's a need for all kinds of entrepreneurs. So yeah, absolutely. And females make great leaders, great business people, great managers, great operators. So I think. You know, what we probably are challenged with is not taking risks, um, you know, being um, afraid to fail. Um, but I, you know, I, I think these are all kind of going away. These things are kind of falling to the sides as well these days, because what I see, I see the entrepreneurs here and the, the, the female entrepreneurs here in Dublin, and they are, you know, very calm and collected, very focused. Um, very knowledgeable about what they're doing and they are taking risks by the nature of doing startups instead of doing something else and by the nature of you know investing their own money and their own time and throwing it all in um, at times in their lives when they could be doing many other things and earning a lot more at crucial periods um, I see I, I see a very strong coterie of confidence filled amazing ambitious women um, I think they're quite quiet I think that's because they're busy and I think that's the way they should be uh, but I think give it another couple of years and a bunch of these women that are making waves in a small way right now we'll see them making big waves and we'll have the role models that we are looking for I mean that very word ambition doesn't sit well with a lot of people but I think people are getting over that would you agree absolutely and they need to get over it ambition is a massively important part of of setting the scene for what happens later and believing that you can you know not only talk big but think big and act big and I think that's part of what we don't do well here versus the states something that's very obvious when you come back culturally um, you know even if they don't think big which they mostly do um, they certainly talk big and if you talk big long enough you know you'll 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 start believing it as well so i think we need to do that we need to do that more here um 
just believe that we're going to get places and have that hunger and have that ambition and that drive for excellence then in what we're doing as well, um, that we don't compromise. Does that particularly apply to the amount of money that people look for? I mean, do women look for as much money for their projects as men or how does that work? for financing? Seemingly they don't look for as much money as men, but the funding I think is, I, funding is, is, is cart before the horse. Really, you need to focus on the value you're bringing customers, you need to focus on getting traction, you need to focus on a minimal viable product first. Get that out there. Funding will come. The best type of funding is revenue. You know, and, and funding to scale will come over time. So I think, you know, we, we sometimes spend too much time looking at funding as a measurement of ourselves and our companies and of the startup ecosystem and the companies within it. I think what we need, nothing is going to stop a good company with a good team and a good idea from making it. No lack of funding is going to stop them because there's funding somewhere. And if it's a good idea, there's lots of money out there for good ideas here in Ireland as well as everywhere else. So I think funding is one of these things we get kind of stuck in the mud about um, to some extent. Of course we need more funding. Of course we need funding for, for, for scaling companies. Of course. But let's get some really great ideas out there, really great teams together, really big ambitions set. Uh, let's help them with things like sales and marketing and product development. The funding will come. Okay, build it and they will come. Yeah. Tell me, have you come across unconscious bias at all? And, uh, you know, we, we've heard that it's, it stops women, it stops people from ethnic minorities and cultural minorities from getting it, but it really affects women. Has it, have you come across it at all or has it been an impediment to you? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you a story that's not female related, but I think it really, I, I just laughed so loud when I heard this story. So Desmond Tutu, Bishop Desmond Tutu, he was getting on a plane um, somewhere in Africa a couple of years ago and, uh, and he realized uh, that both the pilot and the co-pilot were black and he sat down in his seat and he found himself worrying and he thought to himself God I hope these two guys know how to fly this plane I hope you know I hope we're going to be safe and then he stopped himself and said oh my god what am I doing even I'm <laughs> capable of you know because both of these guys were African guys or black guys or whatever you know I was worried about you know my safety on the plane so if you know a saint like you know <laughs> Bishop Desmond Tutu is, is not uh, is, is not is vulnerable to, to unconscious bias I think you know where does that leave the rest of us so absolutely I, I mean I wrote a blog post about this recently um, a couple of months back just about the fact that when I kind of set up my advisory board um, yeah my advisory board and then a couple of other things that I've done a couple of other kind of boards because we've set up a bunch of different committees since I started in, the, in this office that I realized you know on my advisory board initially I had seven men and one woman and it was only it really took me a couple of weeks before I went wait a second how's that you know I have to you know there's loads of great women around here there's loads of great women that can advise me and be on my advisory board but you know it it I, you know, it took me a couple of weeks. I mean, I should have realized that immediately. You know, I call it putting on the gender glasses. <laughs> yeah, you start seeing things from a whole different perspective. You know. Yeah, completely. Um, and uh, and so that situation was 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 rectified very quickly once I realized it. But how long was it going to take me? You know. Um, so I think we're definitely. I think unconscious bias is is a huge issue. 
um, I think we just need to be aware of it. I think, some, you know, we can't do much about it. We just need to be aware of it and constantly check ourselves for it, you know, and then redress where necessary, you know. Tell me about these advisory boards. What sort of advisory boards and, you know, where did you go to find good women for them? Well, good women introduced me to other good women because coming back from 16 years in the States, I didn't have a big network here. So, um, so really through... Uh, women that I knew, I got introduced to other other great women. So my advisory board for the office for the Startup Commissioner's Office is an advisory board that meets every month, every six weeks or so, and really just talks about what we're doing, how we're doing, and and uh, and gives advice on on specific different areas. But you know, I have a great woman, um, Orla Blaney, who's the head of McCann Blue here. She's been amazing in terms of branding. Um, Eileen Gleason, uh, who was an advisor to President McAleese. Uh, she's my rock. You know, she's the person that I go to for loads of different perspectives and, and she's just a fantastically, uh, as I say, a rock. She's a fantastically balanced, calm, smart individual. Anne Herity from CPL, the CEO of CPL, she's on my board again. Great feedback, really great businesswoman, extremely smart. Aileen O'Toole is on the editorial board for Dublin Globe for our publication. She has a huge amount of experience, obviously, and, you know, she co-founded the um, Sunday Business Post and she was just really good when it came to interviewing for you know the editor and 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 uh, contributing editor positions and structuring all of that and really putting a whole process around it whereas I was just willing to kind of you know take the CVs in shortlist the people and bring them into the room she had a whole process of what we would do and how we would do it and how we would score them you know and that kind of thinking really adds a layer of credibility obviously but also a layer of of depth and 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 richness and 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 color uh, to what you're doing, you know, that kind of thoughtfulness and process that, that, that people can put behind things. So um, so she's she, she's been uh, a great help as well. So those are just some of the women. I mean, there's been so many uh, great women who have supported and who continue to support me. Lucy Gaffney is another one who's very supportive um, at Communicore. Uh, you know, Fiona Carl at Independent Newspapers. There's, there's no shortage of great women, as you've said already, who are in, in senior positions and who have done huge things in Dublin. Uh, it's just a question of connecting with them and getting them on your side. Now, tell me, how about the men? Have they been very good? Because most women that I talk to say they couldn't get where they were without some really impressive men who kind of mentored and coached them, you know, whether they relate to them or not relate to them or in business. Yeah. So have you encountered any really encouraging, supportive men and what do they do for you? Yeah, I have. Um, just as much as the women, you know, and it's also people who are genuinely interested in the office and the mission and what you're doing. You know, people kind of... You know, if it excites them and you and you have a good repartee with them, then you know you can go anywhere with that. You know, you can get a lot of a lot of help and advice and hands-on support. So, I mean, the people, you know, Declan Ryan for starters, right? Um, whose father started Ryanair, obviously. Declan has been a huge supporter, um, a huge. Um, sounding board, uh, rock. You know, somebody that I I would I would often go to for advice and just for just for temperature checks um, and he's very supportive obviously of my role and, and the office um, Connor Stanley tribal VC wonderful very balanced sound individual who you know always uh, very open-minded but likes to uh, l likes to help with direction too which is great will Prendergast at, at frontline um, David Shackleton, all these people would be advisors to me at the moment and, and, and they're all very strong, um, very open 
you know, they want to see the community succeed. They, all of them, the women and the men, they all have the same end goal, which is let's get Dublin its deserved attention, its deserved rankings, its deserved due, you know, and we're all part of making that happen. Dennis O'Brien has been very supportive uh, in loads of different ways um, for my office. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I, I you know, I, I was introduced to him by email and we met immediately and we've met many times since and, and you know, we've been doing some work together and, you know, similar to Declan, you know, there's just there, there's just a bunch of, of, of people out there that um, are, are extremely supportive, Ronan Harris and Google, I mean, it, the list goes on, you know. Yeah, so there's great goodwill out there. There is. Yeah. I think, again, Dublin deserves... Uh, Dublin deserves this, so we need to do as good a job as we can for for Dublin. You know, there's a lot of young people out there depending on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to create new employment for them coming into college or leaving college, and this you know, there's so many startups and so many established companies come from the states as well here, as we know. Yeah, if there is a you know a phrase or a motto that you live by, what is that? Uh, so <laughs> there is one actually, and I, 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 it's, it was just a random thing that a friend said to me years ago. Think properly, but not too much. What do you mean by that? So you know, think, think carefully without emotion, focus, but don't go overboard. Don't you know? Don't obsess. Don't you know? Don't go round the houses fifteen times and get confused. So because I think, you know, once you have something in your head. You, you also need action after thinking and you and you need to, to not confuse and add too many pieces of stuffing to the to the vision sure. um, so I think that's helpful to me because I am somebody who does think about things and things revolve often in my head you know and figure out different ways of doing things or different angles for things I think thinking and just you know uh, researching and um, preparing all of that is very important but when it's time to jump, make a decision and just do it. And you know what? Don't look back. No regrets. Move forward and perfect them along the way if you need to. Hone. Keep pivoting, as they say in tech. Pivot from there, but just take the jump. Jump off the cliff and figure it out from there. Now, any young people who don't want to go into the corporate world, and there's a lot of them out there, but they think they'd like to get into a startup. Yeah. What advice would you give them about starting their own little business straight from college or even when they're in college? You know, where do they start? What what can they do? What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, there are loads of people doing that today. There are loads of student entrepreneur programs in the universities. There are loads of students and I see them all the time. I judge pitch competitions. I meet them here at the office. There's loads of them out there. But of course, we would love multiples of those loads. You know, so let's say there's, you know, three or four hundred out there. We'd like there to be two or three thousand plus. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's certainly one of the things looking back. I, I did, you know, I, I started did my first company when I was in my mid-twenties. Um, I would have loved to have done something earlier and been, you know, have clued into my ambition earlier. I don't think I clued into my own ambition until I was, you know, that little bit older. Um, I was very ambitious to travel. I was very ambitious to, 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 to know things and read books and meet people. But I wasn't ambitious in terms of business in the early, in my early years when I could have been, you know, in my teens and my early 20s. Um, so I think the earlier you dip your toe in that water, the earlier you have an experience, the earlier you put yourself out there and take a couple of risks, the better. Because all you'll do over time is hone it and figure out what you like and figure out what 
what you're capable of. I think one of the things I love most about being an entrepreneur is that, you know, you don't even know what you're capable of until you try it. You don't even know what you're going to do when your back is to the wall until your back is to the wall. You don't even know what talents you have until you're kind of forced to pull them all out of the hat and do stuff with them. Um, and I think that's, you know, the, the the sooner you find out how great you are, the better, right? The sooner you find out what skills you have and what you're capable of and what how, how persistent you're capable of being and how focused you're capable of being. You know, all these things kind of dawned on me over time. And I'd love, you know, if I had been more maybe conscious of them when I was when I was younger, who knows, maybe I would have leveraged those skills more when I was younger. Um, the other thing that I like about entrepreneurship is that it's, a, it's, it's relatively speaking, a level playing field so you can be anybody from anywhere you all you need is that skill of observation and that skill of kind of creative thinking and then then that kind of ability to, to go out and talk and listen and take in and filter uh, you can be anybody and you can figure out what what your business is going to be small or large it doesn't matter and make something of it and make a job for yourself from whatever background you're from from whatever education you have um, from wherever you're from in the world. I think it's one of the things, you know, it's a little idealistic because obviously if you've got more money and you've got more education, you're starting off on a better footing. But really, people at every at every level um, have perspectives on things that can be changed, that can be improved, and that they have the power actually to make those changes. I think that's very exciting. And students, who better than to be out there doing that? You know, Is collaboration important? Collaboration is very important. Um, I don't believe in single founder startups, actually. And that's just really from my own experience because I am quite an independent <laughs> an independent person. But from doing startups, and I both of my startups were with a co-founder, I couldn't imagine being able to drive something forward like that. Um, not just from the skill and the time perspective, but also just from the psychological wear and tear. I couldn't imagine doing that by myself, and I don't think that companies can really be successful with single founder Do you need startups. people to bounce ideas from? You absolutely yeah. need people, but you need that moral support. You need, yeah, people to tell you you're crazy every now and then. Um, you need people who have different skill sets than you have, who see the world in a different way than you do, who may be willing to take risks in ways that you're not. Um, you know, and there is there are, there is always exceptions to the rule. There are single founder companies out there, but collaboration and teamwork um, and finding somebody who you can also have dinner with in the evening. You know, after working, that's kind of important. If it's not somebody you can take home to your house every now and then, well, maybe think again. But yes, collaboration, found co-founders, teamwork is very important. Finally, what are the three pieces of advice you'd give to somebody who's starting off in their career now, whether it's in startup or whether they're starting with a new company? Are there three pieces of advice you'd give them? Keep an open mind. I think sometimes we get fixated on the way we want things to go and the way we want things to be and the way we want to position ourselves. You can't control any of these things ultimately. All of these things are things that time will help evolve. So be confident. Go in the direction of your dreams. You can't do everything. You will make mistakes. That's okay. Um, 
I think that you know, yeah, starting a new job or starting in in in, in a uh, starting a new job in particular, because I think there's always like so many established people there already, and you're coming this new person into a room, and um, just you know, I think that's that's probably the most challenging thing to do. Funnily enough, you you're you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to know it all. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we can make is pretending that we know things that we don't know, and pretending that we have. Um, we can make it up or we can have answers because that's just, I mean, apart from the fact that it's very, um, it, it's very transparent, it also shows a lack of confidence. You know, you don't know everything. People that's, see right through it as well. They, they do, but, you know, be confident enough not to know things and to make mistakes and to, and to be the new kid on the block, whether it's you with a co-founder or you with, uh, you know, you with the, you know, with co-workers, you know, wear the, wear the new kid on the block t-shirt for a couple of months, you know, put your hands up. Hey, it's me. Tell me things. You know, I think that's, that's the best approach, you know, humor, humor is huge. Don't take yourself too seriously. You got to laugh a lot. Great advice, Neve. Thank you very much for the interview. You're welcome. That was Neve Bushnell, Dublin's Commissioner for Startups and our guest on the Women in Leadership podcast. If you'd like to email us or find out about sponsoring or advertising on the podcast, please contact us through the website or email info at womeninleadership.ie. The web address is womeninleadership.ie. Till next time, from me, Angie Mazzetti and the podcast team, take care and make sure to keep those gender glasses well polished. <laughs>